The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of Negotiate Anything. Thanks for spending time with us today. It's listeners like you in 181 different countries that have made Negotiate Anything the most popular negotiation and conflict resolution podcast in the world. I'm your host, Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer, mediator, professor, and the director of the American Negotiation Institute. Before we get started, I have two quick questions for you. Is negotiation a critical part of what you do? Do you need to resolve conflict and persuade at work? If you answered yes to both of those questions, visit our website to learn more about our negotiation workshops. We've traveled the country working with professionals just like you, and we'd love to have the opportunity to work with you too. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Jamie, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me as a guest, Kwame. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So how about you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. My name is Jamie Libro, and I am a third generation New Yorker, but I'm based in New Jersey. This is not New Jersey behind me. It's beautiful Zoom background. My By education, I'm an organizational psychology major. And right now I work for Sabre, which is a sustainable food packaging company. And uh, I'm the, the head of talent development. And before that, I was in consulting for most of my career with Gallup. Fantastic. Yeah, we are excited to have you here. Um, today, we're going to talk about the difference between assertiveness and entitlement. This is really fascinating. So before we even get into the, the run of show, um, tell the audience a little bit about why this is so important for us to understand. Yes. Well, we're going to talk about a few applications, but what really gets under my skin right now is, is how much people are talking about Karen. And, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about how assertiveness and entitlement apply to a variety of things. But for me, it's really uh, about making sure that, that we're not bashing women, right? That, that we're really getting to the heart of a problem, that we're talking about, we're giving people the tools they need to get what they deserve, but not to get what they don't deserve. And to make society a place where everyone has everything that they need, we really need to just take what we need and make sure we leave the rest for everyone else. So yeah, we understand how this is so important in the business context, right? Because we have to be assertive in order to be persuasive and get what we want and deserve in our negotiations. But at the same time, we can't cross that line into entitlement. And if we're not self-aware enough, we could do that. And that is not persuasive. And then again, we're seeing it on the con the, the social context too, right? Where mm -hmm. people are crossing the line and going into entitlement. Um, and that's problematic from a cultural perspective too. So it's, it's going to be really fun to analyze both of those. And so yeah. for the listeners, the, the three things we're going to talk about our first understanding the difference between assertiveness and entitlement. Second, we're going to give some examples of where this really comes into play. This is going to be, a, a, I think, my most fun part of this interview, <laughs> breaking that down. And then the last one is how to avoid entitlement while still being assertive. So I guess we should start off, since you're a psychology nerd like me, with <laughs> operational definitions for assertiveness and entitlement. So what's your perspective on that? Sure. It, it's really, what do you deserve? So people who are assertive, they push themselves forward, they're tenacious, they fight for what they deserve because they've earned it, because everyone gets this 
this resource. Entitlement is when people try to get more than they deserve and they think they deserve it because they just want it and they're just not thinking about what they deserve compared to other people, which is probably something most of us are guilty of. We're not trying to do the wrong thing. We just aren't thinking about other people all the time. I'm definitely guilty of this and we'll give some examples of that later. It could be you're, you feel like you deserve something because of your race or your gender or your status or because of even your celebrity that you think you deserve more than other people do. That's entitlement. Very interesting. And it, it reminds me of our episode with um, Rebecca Zung. She's a, she has a fantastic podcast. So if you haven't checked it out, <laughs> check that out. Great podcast. But her specialty is negotiating with narcissists. And her mm. podcast is called Negotiate Your Best Life. Fantastic show. Um, really, really highly recommended. Uh-huh. And so she talks about how narcissists have this belief that they deserve something more than other people just because of who they are and how great they are. And one of the things that, and and you can check me on this too, because you have a degree in psych as well. Um, with a lot of these um, pathologies, they it's on a spectrum, right? It's not either a black or right, white type of thing where you're a narcissist or not. How much narcissism do you have? And it sounds like to a certain extent mm-hmm. with entitlement, there's almost like a, a, a low grade, maybe a high grade, depending on the person of, of narcissism or egocentrism that leads people to believe that they are entitled to things where they don't really have a, a position that puts them in front of other people. It's possible, but sometimes it could be less about your own narcissism and more about tribalism and protecting the people you love. If we can get into an example, I would say this is the perfect example of this is the the great toilet paper shortage of 2020, right? Where we we knew that there was going to be a run on the stores of certain products. So, so many people ran out and bought all the toilet paper and paper towels we could possibly use. I was absolutely guilty of that. I hoarded, I went on Facebook to mom's groups to find out like, oh, Target just got a shipment and I'd run out and I'd buy more until my husband came in and said, we don't deserve all of this. We don't need it. What if there's other people who need this? And I stopped looking at my enormous (laughs) space that you couldn't walk into anymore. And, and, you know, I, I wasn't doing that because you know, I actually needed that. I was thinking about my children and can I give some to my neighbors, but that was wrong. That was why was I entitled to all of that? Uh, all of those resources, those paper resources when then I, I felt even worse when a colleague of mine was talking about from California, I was talking about his wife who has digestive issues and for her mm-hmm. not having bath tissue in the home is a really big problem. So she might be feel uh, assertive in getting more bath tissue than other people would because she actually needs it, whereas I don't. So for me, it was a moment of entitlement, but for her to ask around and say, hey, I need more, can someone help me? That's her being assertive because she does deserve it. She has a physical need for more. So I'm, I'm lucky when we talk about later how to, how to be less entitled Uh, having people like my husband, I'll I'll give you his number at the end if you want to call him sometime, anyone, and uh, just have those people in your life who do care about the greater good and are thinking about society and, and help us think about what we actually need and what we actually deserve sometimes. 
Oh, this is fantastic. I'm, I am so tempted to jump to the third topic, but I will hold my <laughs> questions until then. But I, I love this example. I love yeah. this example. It's so great. And I think this is a teachable moment. And I think we should be, I think as a, as a host, I should be vulnerable too. I need to recognize that I made a mistake there too. Because remember when I said, um, yeah, it might be an example of low-grade narcissism, right? That's a pretty significant indictment on somebody. I mean, everybody can be egocentric to a certain extent at certain times, but I I went straight to the negative. If somebody's being entitled, it's because of something negative in because of them. We call that the fundamental attribution bias, right? If I do something, it's because I have justification. Right. If somebody else does something, it's because they're a bad person. Right. And you gave a perfect example of how that could not, <laughs> like you could be a good person and still act entitled simply because of a lack of self-awareness in the moment. And your husband provided that self-awareness and you adjusted, right? And so I think from the negotiation perspective, Again, this episode as a whole is going to help us to understand that distinction so we don't cross the line. So when we're making requests assertively, we're doing it in a persuasive way and preserving Mm -hmm. the relationship. And at the same time, if we recognize that somebody is acting in a way that might be perceived as entitled, we should do some introspection and say, how do I know that's true? Let me investigate. Mm -hmm. Let me stay curious and then figure out what the true issue is so I can find the right solution. I love how you keep framing this in terms of, for our audience, they're going to get what they want by being less entitled and more assertive. It's so true. It's absolutely true. Definitely. Oh, this is great. Well, fantastic. I I want to spend some time in the second part of this where we're giving some examples. You already gave a really great example, but let's let's get a little bit deeper. So I I love the examples that you gave in the pre-interview where we can see the distinction between entitlement and assertiveness. Um, I'll, I'll just give you the floor. Where should we get started? Sure. Let's start talking about millennials. And I can say this because I'm a millennial. I was born in 1981, which they call the Xennial group. So we kind of straddle the Gen X and the millennial group. So I feel like I can, I can say bad things about, not bad things, but I can be critical of millennials and, and still have some perspective, uh, tongue in cheek here, but you know, uh, so something that, that other generations often criticize millennials for is this sense of entitlement that, that millennials are looking to get promoted overnight, whether they deserve it or not. So I think this is a good thing to talk about. If you are a millennial, how do you get that promotion? When do you deserve it? When should you get it? And even for other generations, why do millennials think this way? And you know, as a millennial, I definitely share the frustration of wanting to move ahead really quickly. Uh, but that said, you know, I think millennial, there's plenty of millennials who are working very, very hard. And anytime we are making a gross generalization about millions of people, it's not going to apply to everyone. So I want to say that for sure before we, we talk about the millennials as a group. So uh, the question is, let's say you do want that promotion. How do you know when it's time to ask for it is the question. So is it because you want it? No. Just because you want it is not the time to throw a tantrum and slam your fist down the table and say, give me that promotion or I'm going to quit. But that's never going to go well for you. But if you want to get promoted, the appropriate way to be assertive, so get what you deserve, find out the steps that you need to fairly take to get a deserved promotion, would be to go to your boss and say, I'm very interested in the next level. What do I need to contribute to the company to get there? There might be classes I can take to better myself. But it should be, the burden should be on you 
hopefully you have a great manager who's also your partner who's supporting you to do this, but it really is up to you to take control and not hope that someone comes around and taps you on the shoulder. So you should find your manager and then you need to do those things. I think where, where other generations or with managers who I coach get frustrated is people who say, well, I've been here for six months, I want a promotion. And their answer back is, well, what have you contributed to the company? You know, and, and if your answer is, well, my boss is an idiot, I know I could do their job better than they can, that's not a reason to promote you, right? And we, we have seen no demonstration of you being better. If you wanna be a great manager, go mentor someone. Even if it's not your job, demonstrate to the company that you could develop people by developing people, right? We, we can't see all the greatness that's in your mind that you're imagining, right? And, you know, and I say this as someone who has been in that position, who has been frustrated. And the advice I got was, you know, don't tell us that you're good at this, show us that you're good at it. Go contribute to the company. Hi, I'm Catherine Kanapke, and I'm the Chief Operating Officer here at the American Negotiation Institute. Did you know our company offers completely customizable negotiation workshops? The negotiation and conflict resolution skills that your team will learn from these workshops are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly, and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube, LinkedIn, and Instagram accounts to see our daily negotiation content. Thanks for listening. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors, I'm Laura Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast, Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. Yeah. Oh, this is great because I, I think, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, we have to think about, do we deserve this? What have we done to earn it, right? If you genuinely earn it and you deserve it, then ask for it. And that's being assertive. That's good. If you have yet to earn it and you're asking for it, then that is entitlement. That's the distinction. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to managing this in a way that it is perceived in the right way by the other side, um, we have to consider this. Are we sharing the message in a way that makes it clear to them that we have contributed enough to get what it is that we're asking for. And so let's go into the other example. And this, my friend, is going to be the controversial part of the show. Because uh, <laughs> right. no pressure, no pressure. Right. But when you, when we had the conversation and you initially talked about the Karens um, and I was saying, nah, I don't know if I want to talk about that on the show, but then you went deeper and you explained it. And I, I recognized it was a perspective that I had never, ever considered. And I think... 
it's it might not be because other people haven't thought about it maybe other people did think about it but the thing is we're living in a culture where sometimes it's not safe to share ideas on sensitive topics that might be unpopular so i i appreciate and admire your courage will and willingness to share this because i think it's a fascinating angle um and so tell tell the audience a little bit about your perspective on karens and i think first of all let's talk about what they are um because i know we have a lot of listeners who are outside the states Sure. Yes, absolutely. So when we talk about Karen, so this is a, 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 a an illustration in, in social media right now when they're talking about a woman who's probably middle-aged, who may live in the Midwest. She has a specific haircut even. It's conservative with a little pop-up to show, you know, I, I'm conservative, but I've got a little, a little something extra. And uh, she's a white woman. She's always depicted as a white woman, usually with light blonde or brown or light brown hair. And then what people, uh, what the joke is around her is she's someone who is entitled. She is asking to speak to the manager. She is saying, you know, I don't want to wear a mask, even though everyone else here has to. And if you Google Karen, right now on, on Google, or you look in any of your, your preferred search browser, there'll be thousands of memes that pop up with just making fun of women with this specific look and haircut, uh, who are, are asking for things. They, you know, that, that's the funny part of it. The not funny part of it, the historical context of it is, is, uh, women who are calling the police to endanger people of color. And what I really don't like about this, these Karen memes is it's one, it's just not addressing the problem. This is really about white entitlement. It's not about, and it's not just a women's problem. There are just as many white men who feel super entitled. There's you know, people of many races, but white men and women have certain privileges that sometimes make them feel because of their race, they have, they should get more of something or they should have more power. For, and to be able to, to do things that other people don't. It's it's a really great analysis, and you're you're right. I mean, with, with you're on point with everything that you said there, especially bringing in the historical context too, because it's it's nothing that's new. It's just the the added comedic value of of meme culture <laughs> that has made right. it so prolific today. But. I think, again, a lot of times comedy is used as a tool to gloss over uh, some things that are pretty significant. And then when you dig beneath the surface, there's a lot more there. And so I, I want to go a little bit deeper now on the on what is problematic about it, specifically as it relates okay. to women and being assertive. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. So I think there's two problems. One, we're not talking about entitlement. It's, it's just bashing women. And so two... The other issue is women are finally starting to, to get the recognition in the workplace to that is assertiveness is good and positive, right? If we read Cheryl, if you read Cheryl Sandberg's Lean In, like the whole Lean In movement that's happened over the last several years that have taken women so far. I mean, we're going to have a female vice president of this country soon. So this an assertive, strong woman of color is going to be our vice president. Uh, so women are making so much progress in this area, and it's so easy now for, for anyone to, to shut women down by saying, shut up, Karen. But in terms of being assertive, like, I don't want women to see all of these, these shut down, 
cancel culture comments and say, you know, shut up, Karen, shut up, Karen, and say, well, you know, I'm not going to speak up on something that I deserve to speak up about because, you know, that's just, and, and I think women are getting all these, these tools and these lessons and these great books and these amazing role models that teach us stand up, stand up, stand up. And then when we go, when we bridge that gap from fighting for what we deserve and we go into fighting for what we don't deserve into entitlement, that makes all of our good work and, and, and our good efforts, it just destroys all of the work that we've done and, and discourages women to, to keep fighting for what they do deserve. Whoa. So this is good. This is really good. So let me try and give a synopsis here. So it sounds like some of the main points are this. First of all, the impact is on uh, of the, the Karen phenomenon is that it could lead women to stop speaking up and advocating for what they deserve and being assertive and asking for what they want and deserve out of life, which is which would be problematic. So from the perspective of a woman, we need to make sure that this doesn't have the impact of making them gun shy when it comes to advocating for themselves. And then on the other side, when it comes to people who would not be identified as Karens, we need to do a little bit more digging and not brush aside people when they make uh, claims and investigate. Maybe it is entitlement. Maybe it is an inappropriate request, but we need to do some investigation to determine whether or not it is. And we should make sure that our biases aren't leading us to make inappropriate assumptions to where we're not listening to people and giving them the the voice that they deserve. Um, And then just as a culture, as a whole, we need to consider what it is that we're doing as a whole and the the potential uh, undertones that uh, and unintended consequences of the whole joking Karen meme culture that, that's been correct, uh, created. Uh, and and what, let's talk about what it looks like when we go too far into entitlement and what that looks like in, in 2020. So this is the, the most common Karen meme. First of all, there was a Karen Halloween costume that was that was sold out everywhere with just this angry woman and I think it's just not a great image that that this you know to see strong women being now angry and and just the ugliness of it it's just not helpful to the society that we want to create of of strong women focused on what they deserve but what entitlement the, the most common meme you see is I want to talk to your manager Right. And it's, and the, the joke is because this, this person isn't, this Karen isn't getting what she wants. It's not what she deserves. So it's, you know, I, I want you to, you know, you were late with my food. So I want you to give me a free drink. No, well, let me talk to your manager and see if your manager will do that for me. That's great. I love this. I, I love this. And I think this is a great time for us to seg- uh, to segue into the third point, which is avoiding entitlement while being assertive. And we've touched on this sporadically throughout the uh, throughout the episode. But I want to circle back to the, the toilet paper example that you gave, because I thought it was so great. Because one of the things that's most interesting about your um, procurement of the toilet paper (laughs) versus somebody else who needs it because of a a physical ailment um, is that you can do and you can say the exact same things. And for one person, it can be being assertive. And for another person, it could be being entitled. And I I would love for you to to break that down a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah, it just comes down to, do you have any special needs? 
have you done anything special to deserve this? Right? Like if, you know, um, in, in, I work for a manufacturing company and we, people who have greater seniority get to pick the, the preferred shift. So they've done something, they've stuck around, you know, they've, they've earned the right to make a decision before someone else, you know, versus someone who just wants that. Uh, so I think that when you're looking at, at the difference between, you know, am I, do I get, I deserve the first shift. Do I deserve the first shift? The difference is the person who has worked to earn it versus the person who just wants it. So what you should do if you're asking for something that isn't coming naturally to you and you, and the question is, should I fight for it? Right. Because that's what we do when we're being assertive or entitled. Should I be tenacious? Should I fight? Should I stick up for myself? You know, why make the argument to yourself? Why do you deserve this? You know, and, and if you get this, what's the opportunity cost? So it, what is someone else who's not going to get this? Do they deserve it as much as you do? Are you going to inconvenience someone else because now they're going to have to work more hours because you want this thing, right? Um, so uh, so you, you can ask yourself those questions. Yeah. Oh, this is great. And I and I think, uh, of course, there are going to be some people out there. I, I know I'm I'm wondering this, too, as I'm asking this question, um, because sometimes, like you said, we might recognize that we don't deserve something, but we still want it. And the thing is, we, we can't I'm not trying to sell magic tricks on this podcast. <laughs> right. I can't magically make you deserve something and give you the words to say in order to get something that you don't deserve. Right. That's something that is, um, you know, it's it's you're you're swimming upstream there with that one. And you're really moving toward more entitlement than being assertive. And I think a simple shift that you can make in the way that you ask, if you recognize that you don't deserve it, is you could say, what can I do to earn it? Imagine that if you go up to your manager and say, listen, I've only I've only been here for six months, but this is where I want to go. What can I do to earn that in your eyes? And then they'll give you the path. That's a negotiation, too. It's a negotiation for information. And then you're, they're committing to giving you what you want if you meet certain parameters, certain criteria. Right. And so I think it, it's not a situation where if you don't deserve it in the moment, you're, it's just done. There's still a path and you can still use negotiation to get there. It's just going to take some time. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. That's great advice for people. I think if you were to say that to a manager, that the manager might not have an immediate answer for you. They might need to come back, but which is, which is uh, great because it means they want to think about it. They really care about responding correctly, but I think any manager is going to really respect you for that. And they'll hear that you've got a strong work ethic, that you are assertive and that you want to contribute to the company. And, and get something that you've earned. Congratulations, you've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.